everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. Stuart Bell here, and today I'm very excited because I got a chance to catch up recently with Justin Breen. Now, Justin, I was introduced by Bill Bleen, and Bill's name you might recognise from previous episodes, has written a couple of great books with us and we've got some great examples in previous podcasts. But Justin, super interesting because his background for many years was as a journalist, and more recently, he owns a PR company, but with his background, it's very dialed in to what interests the media, what hooks we can use to kind of engage them a little bit more and in the sea of things that they have passed by, encourage people to pay attention to our stuff. And with some of his clients in the past and him himself, obviously a book is a very great way of getting people's attention, sharing that story, but also putting in putting it in an interesting context. So great show today. Highly encourage you to check out some of the show notes. I've got links there to Justin's work, his website over at brepicllc.com. Um, and he also shares a story about a particular media hook that he had. I, I won't spoil it, but a story that uh, that involves his wife and, uh, and a year's worth of dates. So again, links in show notes to that. But the main takeaway for us is this idea of the information that you start sharing with customers and potential customers is fantastic for starting that journey. But the media have got different motivations. They're less interested in the individual details because it's too granular. There's not much of a story. What they're looking for is a hook. And very often that hook is a personal element or a story or some background, something of public interest or general interest that is going to give them something to talk about, give you a reason to be in front of them and give you a reason to share that message and encourage people to take the conversation further elsewhere. So with that, let's get on with the show. Hey, Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Fantastic. It's good to catch up. We had, um, it's a catch up which now seems like a long time ago but um the year goes fast so it's good to touch base with you i'm excited to get you on the show and share your experience and background with uh with the audience here thanks so much i'm really excited to talk it's been a, a wonderful journey since i started this company a lot of ups and downs and i think i've got a lot of great advice to share with folks yeah, it's going to be really interesting to hear your take on it. So I'll give a bit of background how how we met from my perspective, and then you can jump in with uh, the background of the organisation and fill in the fill in the gaps, and then we can go from there. So Justin was introduced to me by Bill Bloom. Bill, you'll have heard on the podcast before. We did an episode which I'll link in the show description earlier this year talking about his book and how he's been using it and then betsy and i as we're talking we refer to bill pretty regularly because he's just a great example that stands out and that uh, it's easy to give context to to people as, as you're listening in so justin was introduced as someone else in the chicago area bill recommended that we had a chat um i think we'd scheduled maybe a 15 minute catch up and, uh, and almost an hour later we stopped talking so it's uh, <laughs> exactly. it was, yeah definitely one of those relationships that resonates so justin's got a super interesting story because his background is bringing comms and um corporate community well i'm gonna call it corporate communications 
just don't correct me if that's wrong, but the corporation, uh, the communication strategy to the things that we're doing and how to get the story out there. So books obviously resonated as a jumping off point. But yep. what really struck me about the conversation that we had was how to weave in some of the elements of a story that starts with a book, how that can be the hook, but how that can then weave into the whole rest of a narrative and a communication strategy. So John, jump in there justin and give people a background more on the organization and then um your your version of that conversation well um i really appreciate you having me on um my entire business has been built just by connecting with high level folks like you who took a chance to achieve their dreams in life and then more importantly are actually doing that and accomplishing it so um i had a dream uh, about 30 months ago to create a PR firm, that entire business model was based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years when I was a journalist. <laughs> and so everybody laughs at that. But like, that's why my company, it's called Brepic. Um, that's why it works with uh, amazing visionaries around the world now. Um, and I just work with the people I want to work with. And I'm starting to scale my business. And it's just, it's just amazing uh, from what I've learned meeting with high-level folks and listening to them and, and implementing some of their strategies into my business too. But just very, very quickly, Cliff Mills version, um, my company creates stories that are super interesting, very similar to what I did as a journalist. It becomes a link on the client's website under like news or blog or something. And then I pitch that link to media around the world. If media is interested, I put them in touch with client contact moving forward. So I've worked with, uh, giant companies like Allstate and University of Illinois and Morgan Stanley. But I also work with solopreneurs, a lot of folks who are launching books because it's a, it's an obvious news peg, but the, the model is what works and it works with any vertical, any size company, any location, it doesn't matter. So it's been fun, man. A lot of and ups and downs. Well, and it's interesting the way that it came about. You're talking about, or oftentimes people talk about a, a company starting from scratching an itch, but almost uh, the way that you started was uh, an itch coming from other people in the business. So seeing what the pain points are and then jumping in to solve that from the yep. from the recipient's end. I think starting off as a journalist and coming to the PR comms world for how can we create things that are going to be the most effective for the people that are kind of ultimately being sold to in the point of view of picking up that pitch. So we see it quite often as people reach out to us, they've got the the beginnings of an idea or something that they want to talk about, but don't necessarily have that dialed into a strategy or a funnel or a campaign, as we sometimes call it. So looking at that, you mentioned the word uh, having the book as a peg there. Have you got any advice for people as they're thinking about writing something on what is the best approach, whether it is to have the story and then look for a hook or a peg, or is it to think of the the peg and how it might resonate with journalists that are out there as a campaign and then tailor the story to, to meet, yeah. meet that? Is it a chicken and egg type situation? Excellent question. So here's what I'll answer it like this. So here's what media needs in terms of a good story. They need something interesting that's not press releasey and, and boring. So something inspirational, something clicky, something just kind of fun. And my skill set, my unique ability is I can talk to somebody for an hour and 55 of those minutes will be totally worthless to what 
the general public and what media cares about. But in five minutes, somebody will tell me something and I'm like, oh, that should be the story. And that's how right. that's how it should be framed. So media needs that, but then they also need a news peg, meaning why is it a story now? So the fact that you're launching a book or you're expanding your business or you're going to be speaking at some big event, that that's something to tie the story to. In terms of writing an actual book, um, I'll just tell you my kind of background on that. I um, I created this list of 30 things that I've learned in the 30 months that my company's been around. Um, again, just from listening to very high-level folks and then squirreling some of that information away and then implementing it and then watching it, how it helped my company. Yeah. And so I created this list. Posted it on social media because I've got about 37,000 followers on social media. And I'm like, oh, this would be a great social media post. But what happened is, is that so many folks are like, you have to write a book on this because it's inspiring me. Like I'm struggling at starting my business or it's like, I don't know whether I should start a business and how, how to even get started. Um, and people were like bringing this list to meetings with me they were they printed right. it out and stuff and i'm like oh my okay so if enough of these high level folks tell me to do something at this point in my life i'm like okay i just do it so that's <laughs> where the for no because like that's where the inspiration for this book came from it wasn't right. there was no intent to do it at all but i'm like if enough people are telling me to do this and th these are people it's worth listening to um yeah. i'm like all right i'm gonna go do it so why not it, that's it it's it's surprising how how the seed of an idea that doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily see the end game from starting but it's one out of 10 things will get traction and then mm -hmm. the the comments and the feedback and the the direction starts coming from external sources it's really mm -hmm. quite important to be dialed into that as you're saying if enough people with credibility of saying it then there's definitely something there that's worth following up i think that so often happens that you can't necessarily tell what's going to be the success or which piece is going to resonate with people beforehand but being on the lookout being tuned in and waiting for those indicators as and when they yep. happen that's yep. where you can then amplify it and and run with it from there yeah and, and the cool thing is like you know, this book isn't going to be hard to write from my perspective because it's been in my head for two and a half years, um, right? if not longer. Um, and so like the writing of the writing is not going to be that challenging. I don't think it's more of the, the marketing aspect of it and, you know, that kind of thing and design. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not a designer per se, but like media has already wanted to talk to me about, about this book. They're excited they're excited that it's coming so so with that in mind i guess sticking with that as the example is going to be interesting because as people are listening they can follow the the genesis of the idea through to the the beginning stage of its of it uh, coming together and then mm -hmm. how you plan to use it in those first couple of first couple of months after launch yep. so you were talking about the peg as being some an event or something that that mm -hmm media can grab onto as a reason yep. for writing something in the first place so the fact that the book is being written and comes out there i'm guessing just from hearing a couple of words or already some of the backstories that and why it's interesting is going to be your journey and your story and how the book came to place the fact that it was out there just as a blog post to begin with but That's then correct. you started to get all of this feedback which makes it broader and there's reference to other people and and more interesting 
would a strategy yeah. be um would a strategy be given that it's it's 30 steps so there's a there's a natural progression to that and and 30 things that could go out from it would a strategy be more to orchestrate that into a longer burn for kind of like the the follow-up campaigns or the way that you position it with different media at different times or is it more a case of okay we've got a peg that's timely it's been released now so Mm -hmm. let's do almost like a a blitz on everything as quick as possible to try and get more of a a groundswell of, of of interest at this point of time so is it better to try and string it out because you can't necessarily match with all of the cycles out there or is it better to try and go all at once and really go from the peg these are such good questions because these are the same types of questions i have for my clients in terms of you know half of my clients are long term one story two stories a month over six months or a year other clients are one story and i just pitch it over three months so there's the, the longer play and then there's the you know let's get this out quick hitter and try and drag it out as you know as long as we can but obviously not too long because there's only a certain amount of time you can do that for yeah so for me i i see this um one again background i never expected to write a book on this so um i'm going with it and i'm enjoying it because that's why my business is successful because i just you know i do the things that i feel are uh, other folks have have requested that I do. And again, they're high enough level where I'm like, I know this will lead to success. So yeah, looking at, looking at it on a visionary perspective, I foresee this book to be a very big deal to help people, um, to be a constant talking point in media as people are constantly starting businesses or struggling with starting their businesses. And also a potential thing where, uh, where it will help lead to me uh, doing speaking engagements. Um, so I can see it being big, uh, even now as I'm talking about the book, even though there's not even a title yet, uh, obviously when it launches, but then also, you know, potential book tour and, uh, things well after the months that it, uh, that it launches in. So I, I foresee this being something that, uh, can be a, a huge business card for my business for, for years to come. And, and let me quickly tell you as well that, so my wife is, um, she's super intelligent, very grounded and very practical. She's been, and she doesn't like, um, get excited about things in terms of right. my business. So, and that's yeah. good. I actually appreciate that. So she's <laughs> been excited. She, right. <laughs> yes. So she's been excited two times since the start of this company, which was, uh, the official corporate incorporation date was April 16th, 2017. So the first time she got excited was when I told her I was starting a business. And the second time was when I told her about this book. Oh, so right. that's it. That's the only two times. <laughs> so I, she goes, the, when I started the business, she's like, you're going to do really well with this. And I was like, really? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she was right about that. And with this book, she said, uh, her name's Sarah, by the way. She's like, this book is going to be a very big deal for a lot of people. And I'm like, really? She's like, yes. So <laughs> that's why I'm it's really nice excited to- about it. Right, it's Go nice ahead. to get that kind of semi-impartial to the air of uh, to the side of of not getting overexcited. It's good to get that feedback from someone who's kind of in that camp to kind of give an indication that they're interested and excited about it as well. It really uh, helps kind of reinforce the idea that you're onto a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's it's that, just it's nice to have that perspective where it's like obviously she's my biggest fan, but like she also is not like a BS artist. She will tell me the truth. So right, good. And the interest in the subject. So similar here, my wife's Lucy, as everyone knows who's listening. Um, she's not interested at all, particularly in the business as such. I can <laughs> talk about marketing right. and the technology of it until people get bored and tune out, but that's really not her back. So on the odd occasion that she'll get interested and engaged or or interested in something, again, mm-hmm. that's a impartial indicator that, okay, it's not just because we're all drinking the same Kool-Aid, it's someone right. else out there. Is that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the point that you raised there about it being an ongoing, uh, there's ongoing opportunity because there's an evergreen element to yep. the to the nature of the book, both for yourself and as people are listening and thinking about their individual titles. If the book isn't particularly timely for any reason apart from the fact that you've just written it, so it's not like you're writing a book on um, on some financial situation or the tariffs that are going on at the moment or some right. um, anything that's that's timely yeah. so in order to capture that attention of of journalists and of of media we had a show with jonathan schultz a few well a few months ago now uh-huh. and he'd got some success he's a financial planner written a book that had a particular hook about how to how small changes can lead to big changes and then uh-huh. had got some success with um, like daytime TV and news type shows in local media areas okay. because they're obviously to some uh, not they're looking for content that would be interesting. So he got some traction there, leveraging the the fact that he had written something and he reached out to them rather than them coming to him and he was yep. just trying to pitch it in the local market a little bit and they had time to fill so they needed that they need yep. content that's interesting of course for other people who are looking to do something similar is there anything that you can kind of elaborate on around that what makes it interesting to journalists so just the fact that it's written isn't necessarily interesting in itself and if it's not timely it's not matching another news cycle so any yep. Anything to elaborate on that? So in terms of interesting, um, journalists have different brains. If you talk to most journalists who are like hardcore folks, they're just wired differently. Um, so they just are, better or worse. Um, yeah, right. And it is what it is. I mean, so it's just right. But um, so interesting is like a very broad term but it's like if you're if you're a journalist you will look at something and know right away whether it's total bs or like oh my god this is an unbelievable story so like it's kind of hard to explain to someone who's not a journalist but like my brain will literally like again i'll talk to somebody for a long time and they'll say nothing of interest and then they'll say something and it'll be like bing that's like that's that's the story right there so it's like if, if this helps answer the question, for the most part, media doesn't care about what you do. They care about who you are. So as a person, you need to be somewhat interesting or do something. If your company's not interesting, like if the topic's not interesting, are you doing something interesting? Are you running across the United States or something? Or did you survive cancer? Or you know, did you adopt five children i mean these are just right random examples but like what yeah. about you is interesting like my wife and i we went out on 52 dates last year once a week without the kids and 
again, there was no intent to get media coverage at all from that, but we got a big story in the Chicago Tribune. We were on the Today Show, a TV show called Windy City Live, did radio interviews, like all these crazy th- cover of local newspapers. Because like that's interesting. Why? It's really hard to go out without your kids once a week when you have young yeah. children. So um, that's the, you know, try to find something about yourself that's interesting. And a lot of people they look at themselves and they're like, I'm not that interesting. And I'm like, I bet you are. Um, right. You just, you have to like do a little digging on yourself. So that's super interesting because I think as technicians, we get so caught up in the, the what rather than the why. So I've used the example before, a, a slightly disproportionately large amount of the books that we've helped people write come from the financial services sector because of the Mm -hmm. big crossover that we've got with strategic coach and they've got a similarly big footprint so a lot of the books there will a lot of the beginning of conversations will talk to people and what they're actually talking about because industry to industry or niche to niche it's all really the same thing especially when you're dealing with a business that's just very fact-based but the difference Mm -hmm. comes within the approach so We'll talk to people about what differentiates the way that one person's describing an IRA from another person. And is it the way that you do it or is it how you do it? Do you have a framework around it that you can kind of name and claim that type of approach? But I must admit, we're not very, um, we haven't really thought that much about adding in the personal element. So we always start with an introduction to the book and and try to get people to talk about why it's important to them, but almost as just an opening paragraph to the individualness of the content, which isn't that interesting from, there's no personal interest element to it. So adding in that personal journey and why you've got an approach why your approach is the approach you've got, what's led you to that point, why you're passionate about it. I'm guessing yep. now that uh, adding some of those elements is really going to help anchor some of those points. And if you did then want to get media coverage, it's going to help um, reinforce that point and just highlight even more why it's of interest, why it's of interest to people. You're hundred percent right. And I think, um, uh, for those who follow sports writing or sports broadcasting, um, I'm 42 years old, and right when I graduated college, I met Skip Bayless, who at the time was a Chicago Tribune columnist. He went on to um, ESPN, and I think he's on Fox Sports now. But uh, So he's a really good commentator, and he told me something that I never forgot. He's like, my goal is to inform and entertain. So a book can be very informative. That's fine, but you got to give, like, and, and an article, too. It can be informative, but you have to, like, escape from the nuts and bolts as well. And you have to give that, that personal side of things. So to your, to your point, uh, you know, the, the book, I don't want it to be like this nuts and bolts kind of boring read, like, Oh, here are some lessons I learned. Yada, yada. It's like, well, who are the people that taught me this and how did I implement it? And why on my personal journey, was it so important that now this relates to my family and more free time and all that kind of stuff too, because, you know, it's great that uh, I built this successful business, but what is it? What does it mean? How does it help me? And how can it help you? Because like, I have met a lot of entrepreneurs who are very, very wealthy. And I always ask them, um, so do you spend time with your family or friends? And most of them do, but there are some that, uh, that they're like, yeah, my regret is that I didn't spend enough time with my, my wife or my kids or never had kids. And you can just see 
that you can just see and tell from how they talk, like the the tone or inflection, the sadness in that. And these are people that are very wealthy in terms right. of financial, but you, you see that how it impacted them uh, personally. And, and frankly, for me, that's not worth it. Like I'd rather make a lot less money um, and spend way more time with my family than, than anything. Um, yeah. so, but, but the other thing is like, you can, you can have both. This is, this company has achieved That's financial the, yeah. dreams that were never attainable in, in corporate and, and I work less and spend more time with my family. So it's a win, 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 win. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Remembering that it is that balance and there's the opportunity. So the same from the lifestyle point of view and the quality of life, the same with the the book and the message that's in there. It's not um, like we wouldn't recommend writing a story that was just 100% about a personal journey because right, without the celebrity element. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who cares? Yeah. You need but, something but, to base it on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why did, what are people getting out of it and why do they care? But to be able to amplify and illustrate it with personal stories, that's really the thing that can take it to the next level. I'm always, I mean, completely disconnected example, but it reminds me of even just last night, Lucy had got a, she was looking for um, some Christmas decorations in a cupboard and in the cupboard was an old photo album from when we were back in college uh, 20 something years ago. And Aubrey is picked up and looked at it and was it was flicking through the pictures and then i'd gone into the kitchen was looking through too and it was interesting because those were photographs taken from a point in time that we were both in college in the same in the same little town so there were things that were common to both of us although we didn't know each other all the way through we only met in the in the last year but what was way more interesting versus way less interesting was probably 60% of the photographs were of, of things, of landscapes or sceneries or signs okay. or, or things, which there was an element of interest there because it was the town that we both went to college in. But way more interesting were the pictures of the people, even though I only knew a third of the people who were photographed because the other third were in the group of people I didn't know. But even so, those people and what those people's relationship to Lucy was and how they fitted in the mix and how come it was that just coincidentally our path, my path never crossed with them. It was those, the personal things that were way more interesting than just the factual, here's the, here's the reminiscence about a sign or a mountain or a lake or, or whatever it was. Okay. Yeah, it's really that um, that personal connection. It's really got me thinking the the opportunity that we've got as for us as we're helping people to write the the process as as you know and as the people that listen know it's very kind of audio based or based. We work on an outline and then record the content through asking questions. So even as we're talking, I'm thinking about how we can work with Christy to who does most of the recordings to amplify those questions and move the move the framework slightly from following up with more questions drilling into more details but instead Mm -hmm. of doing that following up with more details to get the kind of the softer edges of the story to to come almost reminds me as well of um there's like a tony robbins quote i remember from years ago and i I remember it because i bought the t-shirt it says something like um in fact, I can't, this is a terrible story now because I can't remember exactly what the quote was. <laughs> it's just gone from my head. But it was something to do with emotion. Things are way more rooted when there's an emotional element connected to it rather than just a, mm-hmm. a factual element. So, of course. Just even be, yeah, it, it, uh, it adds to it. 
looking at that then from from your book so the 30 stories that are the 30 points that are in mm-hmm. that will be in the book there's going to be some of them that have got very strong emotional stories and some of them yes. um, personal stories and some of them have, that have got less so so thinking Correct. it will second nature will come to you but anyone that's listening to this and are thinking to themselves okay I've got the book now about whatever the subject is. I need to add some personal, um, some um, emotion to it and some background and some story. Is there a line between what comes naturally and what very much comes across as forced? Mm -hmm. If someone's listening and thinking, okay, I can think of, of the five things, three of them spring to mind easily, but two of them I'd really be fighting for to give it some, uh, to elaborate on it at all is it worth where's the line no, at which you should the answer stop? Is no, less is don't more force it. <laughs> right don't okay force it, <laughs> that'll come through In right fact, i don't anticipate my book being longer than 100 pages because um let me uh, so I've, I've started working on the prologue i wrote it in 15 minutes and it's maybe right. maybe a thousand words i can write a thousand words in 15 minutes that's not a big deal but my point is like i said before it was in my head anyway um, yeah. and it, there's a, there's a couple powerful things in there, but it's boom, 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 get to the point, get to the point. Because one, right. most of the people who I'm, uh, you know, trying to appeal to in this, in this story, they're entrepreneurs or hopeful entrepreneurs or those kind of folks, visionaries, they're not, they don't have time to read more than a hundred pages. They just want the, they just want the, the good stuff, the meat of it, and they don't care about the other stuff. So that's, that, that's my way. So less is more. Right. And that I think is worth hammering home a little bit because it's so easy, especially when you start thinking about the less factual, maybe the softer side of the story to really start elaborating and going deep and turning it into a a piece of prose and a, and a love story that you're writing. But that balance of adding in some interest and some personal elements, but still keeping it concise and to the point and, and punchy really makes such a difference. And so glad that you were talking about that kind of 100 pages or so as a kind of threshold we sometimes think about it i as we've talked about before homes in philadelphia and the offices in florida so that flight up and down is about two and a half hours each way by the Uh, time you're kind of taken off and the seatbelt light's gone off so that two and a half hour time frame to be able to read something in that space to drink a, a cup of coffee or, or whatever served and look out the window for a little bit and 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 think about what you're reading that tends to correlate to about the same it's about an hour's uh, an hour and a half's worth of recording in the way that we record it assuming it's relatively uh, concise and punchy it's about a hundred somewhere between kind of 60 to 100 pages of the five by eight layer that we've got it's okay all positioned it's so interesting that it's all positioned about the same time it's this thing that's consumable in one go we're not expecting people to necessarily put it down and come back to it too many times it's more here's the content here's what you can get from it and here's the next step here's how you can take this and do that's something correct. more yep. yeah and and, and if, uh, I, I would be surprised Although I'm just telling, like this, this book will be very powerful to the to the right group of people. But I'm still guessing most people will just scan it and look at the, you know, look at or yeah. find the chapters that they want to look at, and that's fine. I, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter to yeah. me. Uh, I'm just genuinely trying to help people. This because I, I like 
starting a business from nothing, dude. Oh my God. It is everybody's <laughs> like, Oh, you're doing so well. But like, it is really, 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 really hard. And it will take you to places. That's the other thing. Like I'm going to be talking about the good and the bad in this. And most right. people don't ever want to talk about the bad, but like it, I'm going to be talking about that. And people need to know that part of it because like entrepreneurship can like really like do some serious damage to people if they're not ready for it or they don't understand the ups and the downs. And people yeah, need to know that, dude. And it's lonely as well, isn't it? I think there's, oh, there's a bigger, lonely. Yeah, horribly. there's a much bigger audience now than there were 10 years ago. But even so, it's an audience of, I sometimes think of it as kind of lobsters in the, in the pot of the restaurant. It might be a tank oh full of God, lobsters, but point. everyone's, hoping that the bad things happen to someone else, not to them <laughs> in the nicest possible way. Um, you were talking there about the, um, the nature of it is punchy. We talk a lot about that as well. And that there should be, this is the beginning of a conversation that you'll have with people and they can follow the journey elsewhere. So in terms of, of media and exposure and getting more bang for the buck than just the book itself, are there any pointers that you've got for people of how that they can engage with media in a way that does lead people elsewhere? So rather than a story that just talks about the thing and then it ends and cuts and goes on to the next segment, is there any pointers you've got of how to keep that conversation going, but yep. using media as the amplifier? So um, this is my advice for that. I, I have numerous clients that, um, they get on a radio interview or they get on a TV interview and they do a really good job and they're just like super professional. They look good on camera or, or in the studio and they don't mumble or stumble during their answers. And what happens is media invites them back in two or three months. So like, that's the way to do it. Like get these right. interviews and then do a good job. And then as you said before, media is looking to fill time many times and they will or someone will cancel and they're like, oh, we need to find a guest. And oh, I, that person did a great job three months ago. Let's get her or him back on the air. And so that's that's the way of keeping things going is just do a really good job when you're, when you're getting these interviews done. And then also post things on social media, uh, especially LinkedIn. LinkedIn for me has been a goldmine. And then it just keeps you at the top of people's heads when they see your posts. Um, that's the way to like every now and then just remind people, hey, I'm, I'm out here. I'm doing cool things. So that's actually a great point as well we don't uh, we probably don't do enough of a job on our end of talking to people about social and the opportunities that they've got to leverage the things that they do a little bit more but i think the point that you made before about journalists or people as a whole aren't so much concerned about the, the what but the who and there is a certain amount of celebrity or externally validated credibility that comes from appearing in in media in in any form so the oh, opportunity of course. to go back to it is is a great opportunity to leverage it far beyond the the end of the interview itself yep and so um people hire uh my firm for two reasons one to grow business right away and that anecdotally almost always happens but two and what i think is more importantly more important is that uh, it increases your validity and credibility when people Google your name or your business and you see them in all these very reputable publications. And right. that's the long play. And that doesn't go away. Those links don't go away. 
Yeah. And you can use those forever on your website as seen on CNBC or on this podcast right. or, or whatever. And that's, that's the beauty of, of uh, reputable media, not, not this pay for play nonsense, like yeah. actual media. And the beauty is too, is that there's more reputable media than ever before. Um, business has never been better for me just because there's, you know, as some newspapers are struggling and other things like that, there's this, all these new types of media opportunities that are reputable, are legitimate, and are very interesting um, that didn't exist even three or four years ago. And my well, clients love being on those those avenues. I guess it's so easy to assume that things are more difficult now because the playing field is more crowded and more people are trying to do this. But the reality is that although the numbers are higher, the people who are doing it in the right way and in a beneficial way are still few and far between so if you do take the extra time to put the effort into that channel that's where it really pays off um, and i guess that's where your clients see even a greater payoff by using an expert like you because you can cut to the chase there is more that's in correct. terms of quantity but the quality is is the same as it was before and, and being able to tell the difference is a real game changer that's correct Yep. Yeah. Um, that leads on to, uh, I guess we're kind of approaching the 40, 45 minutes or so. So, um, no kidding. Wow. Of, that went fast. I know. Right? It's great, isn't it? Um, we should definitely redo this again and, uh, and follow up after the books out. Cause then we can talk about the, okay. kind of the, the back end of the journey and, and kind of close the loop for people. Uh, okay. In the meantime, though, if people want to learn more about what, what you do and, um, and the services that the company provide, where's a good place for them to head across to? Sure. So my website is brepicllc.com. So that's B as in boy, R-E-P as in pony, I-C as in cobra, LLC.com. Brepicllc.com. I got all sorts of fun things on that site. Fantastic. And I'll be sure to link to that in the uh, in the show notes as well. So um, if people didn't get a chance to take that note, there's um, uh, just head over to the, to the website and the podcast episode and there'll be a link to Justin's stuff in the, in the show notes there. The, um, I was just on the site earlier on today and it's always um it's always interesting to see sites that really just cut to the pl- cut to the chase and, and kind of deliver some of the information or other ones where you've got to hunt around for it. So it's uh yeah. Well one of the things I'm writing about in the book is that like people come up to me and they go, What does your PR firm do? I go, Well, we write stories and get you in media. That's it. And they're like Wow, that's amazing. I talked to these other PR firms and they can't answer that question. What do you do? I go, I know. I've been dealing with that nonsense for 20 years. Right. So this is what I do. You want to do it? Great. If not, see you later. I don't care. And that's such a great, um, I mean, even now we're saying it will wrap up, but, uh, but well, let's finish on that point because that's well worth resonating with or or diving into for a second. That having the, um, elevator pitch for want of a better term, that sentence that really encapsulates exactly what you do for each of the elements so for the business if people ask about the the business for the book if people ask about the book just thinking about that core sentence and then being able to articulate it in a way that people can understand that's it well worth like a third grader right explain it like you're talking to a third grader yeah 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 fantastic okay well i will cut you loose because otherwise we'll be here for another 45 minutes but let's definitely (laughs) pencil in another show for um well i guess it'll be the beginning of next year now because we're we're december already but um i look forward to 
catching up again. Thanks again for your time, Justin. And uh, as I said, we'll have show notes on this episode with links to all of Justin's stuff. So head over to 90minutebooks.com or if you're taking a note, then it's it's uh, B-R-E-P-I-C-L-L-C.com, B-R Epic, and see more about what Justin does. So thanks again, Justin. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Okay, speak soon. And there we have it. Another fantastic episode. So great to catch up with Justin. We really resonated the first time we, we were speaking on the phone, spoken a few times since, and it was really great to get the opportunity to share his background with you. As you see, I mentioned at the beginning that the idea of this hook and the personal story, the personal connection is super important to build into the framework of the book that you're creating. It's that piece that adds to the narrative flow and keeps people engaged so not that we're suggesting it turns into an entirely personal story but it's relatively straightforward and definitely something to remember as we talk about one of the book blueprint mindsets that kind of value-driven content it's very easy to then remember to add in some personal elements into those stories just to illustrate and amplify it a little bit more so if you want to take the journey a bit further, then I highly recommend heading over to bookblueprintscore.com and then you can score your book idea against the eight book blueprint mindsets that we have. One of those, as I say, is talking about value-driven content and how you can build in, um, and a reminder from this episode is to build in some stories. Um, show notes, as always, are, of course, on the website, so um, 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast, and this is episode 89. And, of course, as soon as you're ready to get started, we're here to help you and guide you through, and we can certainly give some advice and guidance on dialing in the in the content and talking about the ways of engaging people a little bit more on the context of leading to, to an outcome of more business. So head over to 90minutebooks.com and then follow the Get Started links and we'll be here waiting to help you get your book out. So with that, have a great week and I'll catch you next time.